a congestion charge to drive your car into one of our cities. We'll be discussing that next. Coming up on Today with Claire Byrne. Derva McDonald in for Claire this morning. And on today's show, families who haven't been able to bury their dead and international investigators seeking evidence of war crimes. Belle True tells me about her documentary on Ukraine. David Nabarro of the World Health Organization on bird flu and how countries are dealing with hindsight and the handling of COVID. And it's time to spring clean your finances. Owen McGee has advice and you can email your questions for Owen to todaycb at rte.ie. Join us at 10 on RT Radio 1. Anish, what exactly makes a Shikian sauce that chicken raised right? Well, here's our cluck list. Amazing space. Cluck, plenty of room for mingling. Cluck, delicious, nutritious feed using grains straight from our very own Irish mill. Cluck, sure every day is a hen party. At Shikian Sosta, we always treat our chickens to the absolute best. So you know they've grown up happy and healthy. Chicken Sauster. Chicken raised right. Electric Ireland Superhomes can help you achieve a cosier, healthier, and more energy efficient home and one with less carbon emissions. They look after your home's retrofit from start to finish, including management of SEAI grants. Visit electricirelandsuperhomes.ie and start your journey to a superhome today. Grants offered are provided by the Government of Ireland through the SEAI. Hey, Ireland. I'm the new Aura Funky Cat. I'm not just 100% electric. I'm your new Carpanion. Use your phone to check my charge or warm me up on cold mornings. With a range of up to 420 kilometres, you'll want to take me everywhere. And with my low monthly cost, I'm a friend that can take you to a better future. Ireland. Aura loves you. Take the new Aura Funky Cat 400 Pro Plus for a spin. Book at aura-ev.ie. Today with Claire Byrne, weekdays from 10 on RTE Radio 1. What seasonal vegetables are plentiful in our supermarkets that we should be considering for healthy, nutritious meals? I'm joined tonight in studio by Chef Brian McDermott. You grew up on a turnip. We grew it with potatoes that I've often talked about with Claire here. And, you know, I remember being told to count the turnip heads on the drills when I was younger. And I got to over 1,100 when one of my uncles says, you do know you're only asked to do that to keep you quiet. <laughs> so that was their way of telling me to get out of the way till they get the turnips dug. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Farm. Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at Allcare Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. You're very welcome back to Morning Ireland. It's 8.48. At tomorrow's meeting of Cabinet, the Transport Minister Eamon Ryan will suggest ways to reduce the use of our private cars. The transport sector accounts for around 18% of the country's carbon emissions and the government wants to have that in the next seven years. According to the Business Post newspaper, the National Transport Authority has published models for reaching that target, which include a €10 congestion charge, a 400% rise in parking fees on 2016 levels and a halving of public transport fares. Well, we're joined now by Finnegal TD for Dublin Midwest, Emer Higgins, and Associate Professor of Engineering at Trinity College Dublin, Brian Caulfield. You're both very welcome. Thanks for being with us this morning. I should say at the outset that a spokesperson for the Transport Minister said it would be inaccurate to suggest that this modelling from the National Transport Authority was suddenly going to become policy, that it would be considered as part of the strategy. So we're operating from that basis. 
on a congestion charge, Emer Higgins, would you pay ten euro to drive into one of our cities? I think an awful lot of people wouldn't be able to afford ten euro to drive into the city, especially if they were doing it on a working week. That's fifty euro extra a week for people, and I suppose for that reason, I believe that congestion charges would be bad for our cities, for our businesses, and for our commuters. Um, if they were to be introduced in the landscape we're currently in, they would effectively add an extra tax to working people. They'd impact traders and put jobs at risk. And honestly, in, in the situation we're in right now, I don't think they'd work. I don't think they'd reduce car dependency because we don't have enough viable alternatives to driving. And that's the bottom line. We need a public transport service that's accessible to everyone before we can even consider implementing anything like a 10 euro charge for vehicular access to cities like Dublin, like Cork, like Limerick, Galway and Waterford. Um, And I suppose there has been a lot of progress when it comes to public transport. We can see that clearly in the shift in spending. There's 3.5 billion euro going into public transport this year alone. And the results of that are visible too. We've reduced uh, fares by 20% and put on extra buses. And that's encouraged record use of buses. My own area of Lucan, I live on the C-spine, which operates almost 24-7. And bus connects and lines like that are being rolled out across Dublin and will be in Cork too. We've had investment in cycle network as well. And of course, we've had the design and planning start on three major public transport projects, the Lewis Line, the Metro and the Dart Plus, which will go to places like Hazel Hatch and Adamstown. But the reality is that they're really major construction projects and they take years because they have to go through planning, tender and construction. And while there's been 35 billion euros set aside to make them happen, and they will happen and they'll happen by 2036, I think until then we can't implement congestion charges because our public transport service won't be what it needs to be. And what is there won't be able to cope. Brian Caulfield, would you pay a 10 euro congestion charge? Um, no, I wouldn't. Um, I, I would agree with the deputy. It would result in uh, an extra tax on people travelling into the city. Um, I suppose I'm lucky enough in that I've got a good public transport alternative to get to work. Um, so driving in wouldn't be something that would be uh, that that I would do. Well, I, I'm looking at the impact a congestion charge has had in London. In the past 20 years, Brian Caulfield, the charge there, which works out at around 17 euro a day, 17 euro a day, it has limited traffic entering the zone by 18% during weekday charging hours. It has reduced congestion by 30%, boosted bus travel by 33% and enabled 10% of journeys to switch to walking, to cycling or to public transport. Now, does that not suggest that a congestion charge is effective. In a city like London, yes, it's been shown that it has been effective um, and that uh, a lot of the trips have switched over to these alternatives. I think it's very hard to compare Dublin or any of our cities in Ireland um, to London. Um, There are other cities like, say, Stockholm, which would be comparable to Dublin. And what they did before they brought in their congestion charge was a blitz on public transport. They added in huge amounts of extra capacity. The deputy is correct in that, yeah, it would be a tax. But also, if we were to introduce this charge in the morning, which is not what's been suggested, we wouldn't have the capacity in our public transport network to carry the, the numbers of people that would need to use it. So what would you do, Brian Caulfield, if you were the transport minister? 
what, what, what I would do would be kind of what, what the deputy said. I would turn the city into a construction site. I would build a metro. I would build the, the Lewis to, to, to Lucan. I would build bus connects. Those would be the things I would do. The reason I suppose the modelling comes out as being so stark and all of the things that we have to do in a seven-year period are, are, are very scary to a lot of your listeners is because we've done very, very little for so long. We've underinvested in public transport. Public transport projects have been stopped, restarted um, uh, uh, all of the time. And that's why we're in the situation we're currently in. And what about in other cities like Galway and Waterford and Cork? Would you invest further in public transport there? Definitely. Um, Public transport usage outside of Dublin is quite low. So if you take all of the public transport trips that happen across our country on a daily basis, almost 90% of them happen in Dublin. So we need to have better public transport services in our regional cities. I think we need to be creative. I think what we're doing in Athlone is fantastic around the electric buses. I think we should be able to do that in our other cities as well. I think we should look to Belfast. Belfast have have a fantastic bus service up there. And there's lots of lessons we can learn from there. And there are things that we can do quickly. um, And we shouldn't be waiting as long as we are. Higgins, in relation to car parking, the proposal from the National Transport Authority is around a 400% rise in parking fees on 2016 levels. That would encourage people to leave their cars at home. It would, absolutely. But we can only encourage people to leave their cars at home where there's a viable alternative to driving. And that's why we need to invest and roll out those investments that we have already in design and planning to to make sure there is that option for people. And I I think otherwise, we're actually just punishing people out of their cars when really what we need to be doing is continuing to incentivise people onto public transport. And can you continuing to invest in the public transport network and increasing it and also investing in staffing levels like we've seen that bus users are up now to record levels Um, and that's in part due to the reduced fare that the minister has introduced and the investment we've had in in bus routes but we've a shortage of drivers and it's all good and well having buses but we need people to drive those buses as well so it's having that full whole picture because I think while congestion charges as a theory are fine what's the reality going to look like? It's going to look like increased costs for hard-pressed workers, additional costs for businesses which could put jobs at risk and a public transport system that won't cope with excess demand. That's why we need to invest in it first. That's why we need the Metro, the Lewis Lines, um, the Dart Plus to Adamstown and Hazel Hatch. That's why we need those in place before we start talking about this seriously. Brian Caulfield, do you think workplaces, employers should offer free parking to staff? Um, I, I suppose it depends upon the location. People are always going to need parking. There's going to be, there's a certain percentage of the population that just need to get around in a car. So that's one thing that, that, that should be taken as a given. Um, employers in the city centre, in Dublin city centre, there are very few private operator, private companies in Dublin city centre that provide free parking. Um, the public sector now is, is a completely uh, different uh, kettle of fish. Uh, but in city centres, because of the price of land and the price of rent, private companies tend not to provide um, free parking. Emer Higgins, how then do you suggest the government getting to this target of having emissions through, through the transport sector by 2030 if the various methods of increasing public transport are going to take arguably considerably longer than that to introduce? 
Well, not all of them will. So some of the big capital projects are, are obviously going to take a number of years and some of them aren't planned to come in until 2030 or 2036 in some cases. But in the meantime, we can invest hugely in our bus network and we are doing that. There's 100 new electric buses bought this year, which is really good, a really good sign. But we need to ensure that we're recruiting more drivers, which I know Dublin Bus and Go Ahead are both doing. We need to make sure as well that we, we have more investment on those infrequent routes. So I'm thinking of people in my constituency in Newcastle, for example, where if their 68 bus doesn't arrive at a quarter past seven in the morning, they, they have to wait an hour and a quarter to get another bus into town. Like we need viable alternatives that people will use to really encourage them to leave the car at home and be able to rely on a public service um, transport system. Do you expect much opposition within government parties to these specific proposals if they are considered as part of the the strategy to reduce our car use. Yeah, well, listen, I suppose I can't speak for for other colleagues, um, but what I'm elected to do is to speak for my constituents who who elected me, and they're from the commuter belt, they're from places like Lucan and Clondalkin, and the feedback I've had so far is this won't work for them until we have better public transport, and I'm sure other TDs are getting that feedback too, and I would hope that they would use their voice on this issue as well. Brian Caulfield, just a final word from you on the halving of the emissions by 2030. Is it achievable? It's, it's, it's massively ambitious. I personally probably don't think it is achievable. I think it may be by 2035 that we could do it when we get this investment in public transport um, um, to, to take take hold. Um, I think in the short time frame we have, it, it, it's going to be very difficult. And if we're to meet these targets, if transport can't do it, I suppose it's up to government then to see which other sector in our economy can, can take up the slack from transport if, if it doesn't make it. Thank you both very much for joining us. Brian Caulfield, Professor of Engineering at Trinity, Fine Gael TD for Dublin West, Midwest, Emer Higgins.